Good morning. Today is Tuesday, the 14th of Tavis. Today we summarize the daily Tanya, which is the conclusion of chapter 9. Until this point in the book, we've discussed at length the godly soul that is inside of all of us that has a connection to the divine and strives to transcend its earthly existence, connect to God through Torah, mitzvot, and faith, and the animal soul with its own needs of preservation, of pleasure, of getting what it wants in the world. And in chapter 9, the author tells us that our body is the playground in which this battle plays itself out. You have two souls and it wouldn't be a problem if one was in the Caribbean and the other one was in London. The problem is both of these two souls are occupying the very same body. One set of eyes, what those eyes will be looking at. One set of ears, what we'll be listening to. And of course, what one heart, what our heart is going to be emotionally drawn to, what our brain will be thinking about. And each of these two souls want complete control. It's not like they're looking for compromise or a two-state solution. The godly soul wants every limb and every single organ to be nothing more than a chariot to do what God's will is. The animal soul wants the same. It wants every single part of the body to be direct to its needs and its desires. Anya makes reference to a biblical verse that was originally stated to Rivka when Rivka was carrying twins inside of her and had tremendous pain. She goes to the prophet and asks, why is my pregnancy so difficult? To which the prophet says, it's because you have twins. And says, one nation will always be prevailing over the other, and that is the reason for your struggle inside of you. And what's interesting in the story is when Rivka hears this, she's no longer concerned. She's no longer worried. It's not as if the pain has gone away. But now that she has this clarity that she has two nations, two individuals inside of her, all of a sudden she understands what is going on. And the same thing is true inside of us. It is so easy to wonder, how is it possible that on one day I have a real enthusiasm, a passion for doing a particular mitzvah, and on another day it's so difficult for me to do it, even if I do it, I do it robotically, like I'm forced to do it. How is it possible that on one day Torah interest interests me, Torah interests me, and on another day it seems to be a bore? How is it that a certain pleasure of this world or temptation is so strong on one day, and another day I seem above it? Which side of me is real? If something is real, shouldn't it always be there 100% of the time? Is it perhaps that my excitement for godly endeavors is but an illusion, but a fantasy, the fact that it isn't always there? Of course, the answer is the same words that the prophet told Rebecca. We have twins inside of us, and therefore both of those are real. Just because one day we don't necessarily carry the same passion for spiritual pursuits does not make it any less real. It's just that on that day, the animal soul has more power inside of us. Chapter, however, finishes on a very promising note. It isn't as if the two are absolutely equal because there is a big difference. The godly soul truly and generally wants nothing more than to connect to God. When it comes to the animal soul, although it does its best to get us interested in anything but that, deep, deep down, it is no more than a messenger from Hashem in order to give us freedom of choice, in order to give us a challenge. The metaphor given in Tanya is one originally given by the Zohar of a wise king 
who has a beautiful son that is being raised to be the crown prince. And one day the king wants to test the morality of his son. And so he hires a prostitute to visit his son to try to tempt him. Tells this woman that she has to do her job really well. Of course, the same king is hoping that the son is going to say no to her advances and to overcome the test. And even the woman herself, although she's doing her best in that job, deep down she also wants that the son is going to say no. She also wants the prince to be victorious and to be able to stand for what is right. So to our animal soul that was given to us does a very good job. But deep down, it also wants us to fulfill what God wants and to tell it no, not only to tell it no, but to one day harness the animal soul to do God's will. As we say in the Shema, we should love God with all of our hearts in the plural. Because the goal is that we serve God not only with our godly soul, but transform our animal soul that it too begins to recognize that the ultimate pleasure in life is a godly pleasure. The ultimate meaning in life is spirituality. The ultimate good life is one in which we are dedicated to a higher mission to fulfill our purpose. Have a great day. Fata y tiftah